0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Jeff Geldner with us, part of the KU Television Network. Jeff, welcome. How are you?
2: I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you guys doing?
1: Uh, we're doing well. So I wanted to ask you this question. and I Listen, I, I think I probably know the answer, uh, and we'll get into the current Jayhawks here in a moment. Yeah, but Grady Dick, who's from Wichita, now a rookie in the NBA with the Toronto Raptors, he's not doing a whole lot for them, uh, but he is making a whole lot of money. Right. Uh, so I'm just curious about your thoughts on a guy like Grady Dick, who uh, signed a, a contract for four years and $21 million, something I've never experienced, by the way. Yeah, um, you mean both. That... Ver- <laughs> That versus the potential of staying at KU, learning more, and I and I use uh, Kevin McCuller as an example because he's going to make a lot of money uh, as an NBA player, in my opinion as well. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, you got to go for the money, but how much is Grady Dick potentially missing out on?
2: Well, I think that the difference with Grady um, from uh, Kevin McCuller, first off, is that. He has a he has the one skill that everybody in the NBA wants, which is essentially unlimited range, and, and it's a three-point game, and he's got a, a lot higher ceiling, um, w- one, because of his age, but also just because of, you know, how much better he's going to get over time. Now, the, other, the big difference, though, is that he was a lottery pick or projected lottery pick, and it's guaranteed money versus, you know, Kevin McCullough looking at, maybe not getting drafted, you know, at best getting a second-round pick, kind of like we're looking at Hunter Dickinson right now. I mean, what's he going to do? Because he's not going to have much, if anything, guaranteed. He's going to have to go earn it versus being handed, you know, generational money. Um, The unfortunate part about the NBA is you get, you know, depending on where you go, the style of play, who they have ahead of you, sometimes they take the best player or the best, you know, somebody who does something really well, but it's not necessarily what that team needs at that time, and they're kind of betting on the come, and I think he's fallen into that trap a little bit.
0: So I did want to ask you about uh, Kevin McCuller and just the the leap he's made offensively. We see this a lot uh, with with Bill Self teams. We saw it in Abaji and, and Frank Mason and Devontae Graham where they just become all-world players kind of over over the summer basically. So what have you seen uh that has allowed uh McCullough to elevate his game offensively?
2: Well, I think there's a few things. But one is he's obviously playing with a lot of confidence and he's got the ultimate green light from Bill Self and it's it's kinda you could you could make a case, maybe it's his Hunter and DeWan's team or even throw KJ throw throw them all in there if you want. But he is he is a leader on the team and he also knows that he's got to score points. But what I've liked other than his confidence is He's not just settling for three-point shots. He's got the ability. Maybe he's always had the ability, but he's got the confidence and the strength to, to get into the lane, to draw contact. He's not just settling for three-point shots. He's knocking down his free throws. Um, he's, he's doing a little bit above the rim, which is not something we've seen from him, um, and just really doing it on all three levels, and that's if you're not going to be a great shooter, and, and he's not a great shooter. He's just a, he's a, an okay shooter. He's a streaky shooter, but he's not oh He's not great when it comes to just a pure-looking jump shot. You've got to be able to do other things, and, and that's kind of like Jalen Wilson did in his time at KU. You've got to be able to score at all three levels, and he's doing that very well right now and very efficiently.
1: Jeff Geldner with us from the Jayhawk Television Network, Wichita State and Kansas up at the T-Mobile Center on Saturday. That's a 3 o'clock tip. Uh, so uh, KU is 11-1. and They're ranked number two in the country. Uh, but, but there are, correct me if you think I'm wrong, I think there are f- some issues with the team trying to develop some depth, trying right. to get more scoring. Uh, what what are your thoughts on where KU is with one game left in the non-conference?
2: Well, they have the kind of issues that 99% of the coaches in the country would love to have to be able to solve. Let's you know kind of be real point blank That's about true. that. You've got two potential first-team All-Americans in your starting lineup. You've got a, a point guard who has been there and done that in every situation, and a KJ Adams who... If you really play to take everything away from Hunter Dickinson, he can easily score you know, 15 points in a very efficient way. Uh, so there's, there's so many positives. The, the, the glaring negative is there isn't that knockdown shooter and there's, no, there's really no firepower coming off the bench. And so they're very reliant on one of those two guys, meaning Hunter or Kevin McCullough, having a 20- 20 to 25-point night If not both of them, um, because you've got that five through nine, or really five through eight. I think Parker Brown has settled into his role for the most part. You know what he is. He's not asked to score a bunch of points. So you've got uh, Marco, Timberlake, and Johnny Furphy. Somebody's got to do something. And too often, none of them do anything. And for different reasons, it's not that they're bad kids or they don't know, you know, they're not trying. You know, El Marco and, and you know is, I, I kind of liken him to Tyshawn Taylor when he first came. Just an unbelievable athlete, incredibly fast, but really hasn't figured out how to play yet. He hasn't figured out when to go, when to pull it back, when to distribute, when to try to score. Johnny Furphy, he's trying to figure out, you know, basketball in the States and, and what his role is going to be. And Nick Timberlake until the last game, he was brought here to be a, a knockdown shooter and he hasn't done it. Um, but I think what concerns Bill Self more than anything is just on the defensive end and rebounding and fifty-fifty balls. They just haven't been what he needs or wants them to be. Um, it's not about ability; they're athletic enough to do it. They just have not consistently done it, and you know that's that's really where a lot of the problems come because you got the starters playing so many minutes. And, you know, at times maybe pacing themselves and then and or when you go to the bench, you break up that continuity and there really isn't anything to keep it going. And so it's, a, it's been a constant battle for Bill Self to try to figure out his rotations and what he can get away with. I'm babbling a little bit, but I'll also say it's very rare to see a college coach go to the 12-minute mark and not make a single substitution. And Bill Self has had to do that a lot this year.
0: What uh, what is the attitude? If uh, you know, I, I don't. I'm sure a lot of KU uh, players think it's feel like it's just another game. But what's the attitude around KU w- uh, with the game against Wichita State? Is that something that uh, uh, moves the needle for them at all?
2: I, I don't. I don't necessarily think so. I think you know. Part of the reason is it's not. A, it's not a home game. It's not an away game. It's just kind of a game. Um, you know, when you're, when you're looking at this team, they're 11-1, but, you know, they've played four teams, and you could put Kentucky in there also potentially at times that are top ten teams. So it, you're not going to get up for every game, and then you make sure in the Easterns and the North Carolina Centrals, and I think Wichita State kind of falls above that, but not to that, you know, top 25-ranked type of opponent. And you don't have a lot of homegrown Kansas kids. You know, those days where you had the, the guys that are around here a lot and, and, or a or, or Grady Dick or somebody like that that has a connection to the state, you don't have a lot of that going on. Um, but I hope for our sake that they're ready to play um, because you know that they're going to get Wichita State's best best shot on Saturday, whatever that turns out to be.
1: Talking with Jeff Geldner from the KU TV Network. So how is Hunter Dickinson? His numbers are great. How does he fit in? Because that's always a little bit of a question mark when a guy decides to transfer that late in his college career.
2: I think he fits in great. Um, He is, um, I I would call him a prototypical um, college center, Um, meaning he's not a banger. He's not, he's not somebody who plays, you know, above the rim, like you expect your guys to do in the NBA. He's got, you know, range, you know, extend, extended range. He's a great passer. Um, he's very smart in how he uses his body and plays without fouling. But we've seen him when, he's go, when he goes against players of bigger size or equal size or the long, you know, fast-twitch athletes, he struggles a little bit. And, so, and that's part of him figuring it out and understanding what he can do. And it's also on the team yeah, you know, you've got a group of guys that they're not used to feeding the post. Um, you know, no offense to David McCormick, but he wasn't Hunter Dickinson. and so and then last year we had no post. And so that's part of it too. You've got to learn, you know how to deliver the ball and get him in spots where he can be effective. And he's learning to to play with that motor that Bill self requires in terms of going after every rebound versus just ones that kind of come in your area. But he is a great luxury to have. Um, and he takes a lot of pressure off of your offense if you can get him involved in different parts of the court because he's such a good shooter and a good passer.
0: What do you think will end up being KU's best uh, non-conference win? I guess the, the nominees are Kentucky, Tennessee, or, or UConn.
2: Yeah, I think UConn. I mean, I, that, that's a team that – and Marquette really – I know it was a loss – but, you know, you look at what that team was able to do to KU. But I think from from a win perspective, you know, Tennessee, you know, Bill Self said it at the time, they were a little bit injured and they were underperforming um, in Hawaii and, and and felt that that was a team that could make it to the Final Four. We've seen them kind of right to ship. Kentucky was playing without their three seven-footers, not just one of them, not just, <laughs> you know, none of them. Um, and so you know they're going to get better, you know, whether or not you can really count on a John Calipari team anymore; those young guys to produce them at, at the end of the season. Who knows? But um, it was a different team, and so you could make a case for Tennessee, UConn, or Kentucky. But I think I would say UConn. They're just a combination of toughness and grit and confidence that you know that typical Big East mentality.
1: Good stuff, Jeff. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. I no hope your problem. Christmas Many was good and your New Year's better. Well we'll we'll get you on soon. It's going to be a that fun conference great. season.
2: You're you're you. welcome and uh, happy holidays and happy and safe New Year.